0: Till Fifty Nine of Radio Free America, and this is Uncle Sam with Music and the Truth Until Dawn. Right now, I got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer
1: to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. <laughs>
2: And welcome everybody to our daily gun show. Come be live each weeknight at midnight eastern. And we talk about guns for an hour. And looks like it's a slow start to the show. But Woods jumped in from Washington State. Thanks for joining.
0: Thanks for having me, Jake.
2: And uh I'm on the road. So we'll dig in. Uh today is what is today? Wednesday? No, Thursday. Thursday and we should probably be talking about ccw hey look that actually lines up so maybe we are on episode 74 um things to expect when you ccw in public and ccw lights seem to be the topic of the day uh but otherwise i think something that's even more imminent is uh this thing going on in ohio did you have a chance to check out that link
0: i have not i'm sorry I was getting ready with hunting stuff today.
2: Uh, getting ready to go hunting, you mean?
0: Yeah, Saturday is our opening day for duck season. Duck season. You just get- yeah. I'm not sure when wabbit season is, but it's duck season on Saturday.
2: So uh, we'll get into that. So what kind of duck hunt you do? Where you go out into a boat, or are you talking like you lay on the ground and they come in over you, or you're in a blind, or what are we talking about?
0: What we what we did is- My brother had gotten into kayaks about, I don't know, 20 years ago. I mean, I'm a 47 year old man now, but so this is good 25 years ago and he got me into kayaking and we kind of married the two because he had done a lot of fishing out of his kayak and then I had only done, always spent a lot of duck hunting taught by a buddy of mine. And then we just kind of married the two and what we found out, what we realized is there's so many places where if you do it right and you watch your tides and stuff, you can get into places that boats can't go because I can float on six inches of water so we kayak in and you got to watch the tides because you're going to be in this big mud flat and you don't want to be there and but we're pretty good about knowing where their solid land is we've got it mapped out pretty good now and just wait for the ducks to come and if the tide starts leaving you've got to get back in your boat and get the hell out of there
2: oh so you use the boats to get to a place and then you hide in the blind
0: yeah and then we get out and hide in the blind and stuff and
2: you know, then how do you get the the ducks out of the water?
0: Get back in the kayak.
2: Oh, that takes forever, then, no.
0: Yeah, kind of.
2: So, what about just laying down in your kayak with like a camo poncho on top of you?
0: Well, the problem is, is like if you're in the water and you shoot to the side in the kayak. Um, I've had buddies of mine that were, were that were rookies that it's kind of a pain in the ass to make that shot, and you might flip your kayak.
2: What we used to do for standing in the canoe because we were cheap is we took some PVC and put caps on the ends and then made a little outriggers could you do like a cheap outrigger
0: yeah i've thought about that but to be honest with you one of the places that you know it's one of those ones where if you ask a hunter where they're hunting we're not really going to tell you one of the places that i know used to it must be back in the day it's got a little uh there's a little a bunch of pylons where it must have been some kind of like pretty good dock from like back in the 20s. But it's it's sunk in so bad that um, you have to really kind of know where you're at. But uh, we can generally get back in our kayaks pretty quick and I can get after it pretty fast. Plus, the tide only goes one way. So it usually gets caught onto one of the edges. So you just kind of paddle over to the edge. It's maybe 50 yards away and go grab your duck.
2: Right on. and then do you put decoys out there
0: yeah but then we gotta like string them because um we have this what post that we know that we we actually have had a line for years and we just have to go in and find the line again so we don't put a lot of decoys out because the tide might come in and out so and plus you're on a kayak so i put out maybe half a dozen and my brother puts out about half a dozen you know we don't do the like 200 you know spread or anything oh people do that many oh yeah
2: Especially those what? guys are
0: like goose hunting, and they put a big field. That might I've seen. I've had friends of mine that put out at least two hundred. Holy that shit! Might. And
2: then they put them all, to, tied them all together. Then.
0: Well, now usually those are like you know the flooded fields where you're after a goose and you lay on the you lay in the little blind where you lay down and you pop open when they come and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. goose hunting's cool and all, but I.
2: have never really just sitting nothing. on the ground. They're just they're decoys yeah. that are just like stuck into the ground with like a piece of metal
0: yeah they're like second piece of metal um i had a friend of mine that he when he would do it he would go after snow geese and all he would use is the plastic bags you get at walmart on a stick oh okay works great especially if there's some wind it's puffy the ducks none of the waterfowl can see very well and they'll fly right in
2: that's crazy right on so um anyway so you're getting ready to do that what do you mean getting ready like making sure all your gear is good to go from last year
0: yeah, all that, and, you know, checking my waiters to see if there's no hole in it or, you know, because I'm trying to I don't know about you. I'm kind of rough on gear sometimes, so I have to make sure I've got go it all. And then, you know, deciding what shells I'm going to use, cleaning the already clean gun because, you know, you have to clean it. Even though I clean it when I put it away, I've got to clean it again.
2: I used to be like a spaz when I was a kid, I guess. And, you know, wore out gear because I didn't care. And then you, you get in the habit of doing that when you work for Uncle Sam because you don't have to pay for nothing. But yeah. Um, you know, so when I was a kid, I used to wear out stuff, but I don't anymore. I and mean, I like to know I have stuff that can be used quite a bit, but I don't then use it quite a bit because I'm cheap and I don't know, I'll never have to buy it again. But when you're talking like waiters, would you patch that or would you buy a new set of waiters?
0: I, I patch mine. I mean, I've had the same set of waiters for, you know, 15 years. Be honest with you, if I get a little pinhole during the year, I generally went to the end of the year because a little bit of water in there. It's not cold enough here to where you're really going to be in any danger. There's certainly places that people that can hear us in gun channels that if they had a, they would probably freeze to death if they got a little bit of water in there. But it's never that cold here. Hey, Clover. I don't know
2: if that's a direct attack at me or. So, uh, yeah, got another guest. Clover, jumping in. We we're just talking duck hunting. Um, there's actually duck hunting in Arizona because those things migrate. So a lot of stuff migrates through the few lakes, right, that right, are right. In southern Arizona. So we have a chance to go out and murder all kinds of birds as they fly by. Heck, yeah. But I've never done it because it's only, like, literally, like, days or something. It's, like, a very short season because they're just flying to Mexico or wherever they go for the winter or, yeah, for the winter.
0: Oh, really? Because ours goes till January 31st.
2: I don't know we uh maybe the majority of them probably go through texas just somewhere there's more water there's a lot more water i think in new mexico at least it seems like it with that river you know they could just drop anytime they wanted and drink out of Rio. Uh, maybe the majority of them probably go through texas just somewhere there's more water there's a lot more water i think in new mexico it's this amateur in here you drop anytime i don't know what's going on clovers got a root delay coming through there's, these are jumping in uh sorry but uh I don't want to offend but we've been talking about killing ducks, I
1: know man. duck's I don't know a a duck's not
2: a
3: chicken though no. we're good
1: that's okay. true
2: but speaking of that uh when i took my dog over by dead horses he was trying to steal her from me by tempting her with a bunch of chicken jerky he gets a bunch of this uh basically just looks like a piece of chicken that they smashed in the thing that killed terminator and then made it into jerky so uh she really liked that stuff and uh they buy it in a big bag but i saw it at the dollar store i was at today and uh i was almost going to buy it even though i don't like buying chicken but then two little pegs over they had duck jerky so i bought that instead so it's basically the same thing, except made out of duck does anybody yeah it sounds like it's dark meat right like they should be funny uh, have you ever eaten something like that though? Do they make that for people?
1: Yeah, What'd you do? Yeah, I've had ostrich too. Yeah, they got. Um, I have I just, seen ostrich jerky.
3: There's not a Bass Pro shop here anymore. I mean, a Bass Pro shop. A Cabel, um
2: Dang it. Where's the
3: Gander Mountain? Get it right in a minute. Um, there's not one in here anymore. But at the counter there, they had an unlimited almost number of jerkies they had different ones every time you went in there they had added them there was any it's about any animal you could think of at the end of the day it's almost all jerky to me it's, it's not not a profound difference
2: well duck jerky's got to be different and when we're talking like uh, slim jim candy right then yeah there's no difference because it's like the hamburger of beef jerky so it's just mainly the spices you're eating and plus there's fillers in there but the I'm talking like this would just be like a piece of meat smushed or yeah,
3: dehydrated I smush and dehydrate out. I mean,
2: but that's you still. Got. I'm just saying, when it's just a piece of meat, it's got to have more of the flavor of whatever it is, you know, because chicken's yeah. going to taste different than duck. Yeah.
3: Yeah. The chicken jerky I've had, I'm not a fan. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's
2: bland. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that was just a thing. So that's kind of cool. So, um, I don't know if you guys want to throw something in. Otherwise, we were going to talk about the more important thing that's going on today, which is uh, the 12th is, I believe the 12th, is the last day to, uh, there's a deadline for public comment. So at least where I'm at, it's still the 11th. So hopefully this gets out to a couple of people. But uh, I've been kind of off and on the radar, you know, traveling, as well as my ability to, like, scroll through the gun channel site. A couple of times I've been able to jump onto a live chat or uh monitor a post or two. But with um, anyway, you know, I I hadn't been able to check out the main page. So earlier today, and I saw that Pink had posted something about what's going on in Ohio. And it's crazy because it's anti gun. So that sucks. But it's also crazy because it's the Ohio Supreme Court, right, suggesting that this law be created. And you know, that's total, um, you know, is that very word of, of uh, their, their power, you know, it's the, the govern. it's the, uh, houses and the Senate that should be creating. Well, I guess it's the house that creates law and then the Senate approves it and the executive yeah. enforces it. And the Supreme court's only job is to determine if something's constitutional or not. So, uh, that would be such a, a change to, uh, allow them to create a, a new law. So anyway, I thought I'd, uh, throw that out there. We put the link into the description of the video. And in the text chat over on YouTube and on gun channels. And uh, thought we'd chat about that a bit just to uh, give people an, an option to hear about it, chat about it and, you know, put it out on the radar again on the internet so that it gets a little bit more coverage, potentially. Threw it up,
1: yeah. as,
2: a, okay. Threw it up as a YouTube uh, video earlier. So it looks like some people in Ohio had a chance to hear about something they might not have. So it was put out by the Buckeye Firearms Association. They're a pretty decent organization, uh, state level for gun owners rights in in Ohio. Uh, They're actually, uh, another cool thing about them is they've got, uh, I think that's where we get most of our quotes. So uh, they've had a really cool website for a long, long time that talks more about just more about firearms than just uh, uh, legislation, which just you know keeps it bearable, I guess, a little more fun. Anyway, so this is uh reading from the article here, which was only put out on the 8th. So even though this is extremely last minute, this whole article hadn't really been known about until uh, um, the 8th, sorry, I'm watching somebody beat the hell out of their vehicle here on the, in the parking lot. Um, the rules change has been, <clears throat> let's see. In a shock the move, the the Ohio Supreme Court has proposed amendments to the rules of superintendents of the courts of Ohio that will empower law enforcement to seize guns. Um, The rule changes have been posted for public comment and that deadline is the 12th. So either today or tomorrow, depending on where you are. Uh, They have the emails in that link that I posted and uh, it says that some of those emails are bouncing. So they also include some phone numbers. And uh, to get to what is being proposed uh, there again, the Ohio Supreme court has proposed that a rules change that would disarm, enforce those subject to civil protection order to surrender their firearms, ammunition and concealed handgun permits to law enforcement. So anyone who gets a uh, retaining, what is that called a, a civil protection order? What's another word for that? A restraining order um, would have to the the police would then need to go over and take their firearms or ammunition and their CCW. They would have just 30 days to return uh, to file to get their guns returned. And if they didn't do it within that 30 day window, their guns and ammo would be disposed of as unclaimed property. And uh, then there'd be a whole nother procedure for getting their uh, CCW back. And it would create a registry, I guess, in the process. So uh, it seems like a horrible, horrible thing. I don't know who would come up with such a thing, but uh, again, this is uh, pretty much last minute uh, info. Well,
0: it seems like it's not only a violation of the second, wouldn't it be a violation of a due process?
2: Well, I think they said the second and the fifth.
0: Yeah. Like you don't, like somebody just, can file a thing and you don't even get a day in court or anything like that doesn't seem like a thing.
2: Right. Basically the court would have to, you'd have to go to, the person would have to go to court and say, here's the reason why so-and-so should have a restraining order against, I should get a restraining order against this person. And I don't know if you need to be there to face your accusers for that or not. I'm not familiar with that or if it's a state to state thing or how that works. But then, uh, you yeah, know, potentially if the person didn't have to, require you to be there, if you decided not to show up, then without even being present, they would then have the authority and the obligation to take your property and the ammunition for your property and your permit to carry. And you would have to pretty quickly react to that uh, or face loss of all your property. And they don't talk about what would happen if, I mean, are you allowed to have it back while you have the restraining order? If the restraining order is longer than 30 days. It sounds like your property would just be forfeited.
0: Yeah, I didn't think of that because a lot of restraining orders I've heard of are much longer than 30 days.
1: The way the article talks, there's no clear method of getting your gun back either.
0: This also reeks of that whole uh, BS about uh, take the guns first kind of ideas.
2: Yeah, which is a strategy it looks like they're, you know, pushing. And Ohio is one of those states, unless I – I don't really pay that much attention, but isn't it one of those states that is usually a linchpin or a critical one for the presidential? So – getting something like that there's probably some political strategy to even why it's being proposed right now
1: Oh, i'm sure
2: so definitely it seems like something we need to strike down and you know maybe it's a way to if nothing else it's a way that they're going to be able to judge uh the pulse of ohio right if nobody comes to call the action on this and nobody comes forth and says no way what are you talking about uh then that lets them know oh okay you know we can turn up the flame on this and we're not going to get much kickback uh if they get an overwhelming negative response to this and a um you know threatening we're going to take you out of office if this goes through kind of thing or if you agree to this then uh you know perhaps they say oh let's never bring this up again so you know years from now or maybe the political climate has changed so it's a barometer for future stuff
0: right do we know who's behind it like obviously like it sounds like a bloomberg kind of thing but is there other people that are behind it as well that we couldn't uh, fight against
2: i don't know anything more about it than what's in this sort of uh you know list or what is it two thousand twenty three thousand words no twenty three thousand reads right i don't know how many words it is this. So, uh, this you know one page kind of bullet point description of it what people can do uh the analysis of it Um, so it says the deadline for public comment is Friday, October 2nd. We need to make our voices heard and stop the Ohio Supreme court from making these changes. Use the bullet points above our analysis to help craft your message. It must be in your own words to have full effect. It does not have to be long. Just focus on one point and ask the justices to reconsider be respectful, but firm. And, uh, again, they give you the phone numbers and the emails that you can, uh, send the thing to, it says the process works. Uh, when the Supreme Court drafts proposed rules changes, the rules change are put out for public comment upon close of public comment period, the something forms committee will review the public comment change forms based on change form based on comment. Okay, so I guess they can change the, the thing based on the comments and then advance a final version of it to the court for a vote. So if enough people say it shouldn't even exist, I suspect they could change it to not exist. Right.
1: So
3: well, this is, I don't know. I'm trying to read through it now. It's 174 pages though. Good
2: job. you read the actual document?
4: Yeah. That's a long one
3: yeah it's 174 pages so there's no way i you know i'm not gonna i'm probably not gonna have I any mean, from what you i mean what you've said is bad yes but i like to i always like to look at things in context too because okay oh, yeah, for sure you know, both, then- both sides want to pull out bullet points and it kind of depends i want to know what the existing law is the existing procedures and things were you know to start with i mean maybe they were bad to start with and nobody even knew Uh, you know there's just certain things i like to know and
2: oh no that's totally valid that's totally worth the time because then when you compare knowledge of the documentation or the proposed change like this and then you look at the bullet points from the buckeye firearms association and they're like in line that tells you something but like Uh say if they handpicked a few and this is really maybe just a thing But they're making it seem like doom and gloom. Well, that tells you a lot, also. And if there maybe you find things that are potential bangs in the neck, and they totally miss that, that tells you something else. And it tells you, hey, there's more reason, more to this, you know. So I think that's totally worth it. Right. And that's cool because it's Ohio. I mean, I didn't even take the time. I'm, I'm saying I don't have time, but Mm -hmm. I didn't take the time either. But that's what the whole thing's about, is uh, throwing it out there. Uh, like I say, I made a YouTube video about it uh, just because I could. It was pretty simple, and anybody can do that. I just held my phone up to the screen on my computer and put the video out there. And I think a couple of people commented that they weren't aware of it, and they were in how So uh, that's why I figured I would throw it into this one. But it is Thursday, and we talk to, to typically talk about CCW stuff. So if you guys want, we could uh, move on to things to expect when you carry in public, and or CCW lights.
3: Cool.
2: And if anybody's watching on the gun channel, I mean the YouTube side, gun streamers better than YouTube. But we can't stream over there yet. So why don't you head over to gun channels and use the platform that a whole bunch of people spend money every month to so that it can exist
3: and it's um, exactly ironic I'm just saying
2: yeah <laughs> so I'd like to see more people using it and if it's a little clumsy like what the hell does the internet have to be better every time you use it I mean when did we fall into some millennial everything's got to be simple and easy uh, by using gun channels you're gonna get more familiar with it um, and well I'm not going sick of making excuses use fucking gun channels the, the platform that's pushing us all off and hates us. All right. So anyway, uh, we we're going to talk about how does or what was it? Things to expect when CCW in public. I don't even know if anyone even knows, right? So basically, enough because it's exactly the same as when you don't CCW. I think.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you if you what would you expect? I mean, if you're open carrying, you could expect maybe to get you know somebody say something one way or the other, but if you're concealed carrying, yeah, I don't know what you would expect. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's a weird, that's a weird
1: one. Never had anybody notice or say anything. I have,
3: but it, in one story is I was in the line, we were in the line to go see a movie and I can't remember what movie it was now. And I carry, um, I, I, I basically i do carry open carry i carry outside the waistband usually with a shirt over it right so Mm. it's not super deep concealed hidden but i mean technically i guess it's concealed but um anyway we were standing in line and there was a couple behind us and it, it was an older couple than than we are but behind us and i turned You know i was kind of turned just the right way and then the late the lady and her whoever significant other i don't know what he was but uh, she kind of took a step back and bumped into me and when she did she bumped into my pistol and she turned around and her eyes was really huge and i thought oh man what what now you know and uh i I just kind of nodded my head a little bit and i said yeah (laughs) like that and she goes good for you and it turned around and started talking to the rest of the like like good for you like okay
1: that wasn't <laughs> what you were expecting at all
3: he was did raise he was like eh, good for
2: you
1: you know like yeah
2: but i suspect the um the I guy, think,
3: run off running you know take off running or something
2: the idea there is though that with the you know, if somebody is contemplating carrying or maybe just moved and they're going to be able to carry where they hadn't before and they've just uh, maybe decided for some reason to start carrying, know, they always could, but now they're deciding to. uh, What to expect is not a lot because most people don't know it and people are kind of oblivious. Uh, Even something like that, you know, you you never know. She might have thought she was some sort of a pacemaker or, you know, medical device. And maybe she's like, you know, oh, right on, you know, I'm sorry to bump your medical device, you know what I mean? So there, people aren't really always thinking guns, right. in the country at least, but uh, yeah. I guess so to kind of answer that concern potential is there's not much to expect, people aren't going to jump right to guns always. Yeah,
1: well, I, guess. I, know, I know that uh, God didn't even buy my first pistol until I was 55 years old, so here I am, you know, concealed carrying for my first time. And you're almost always certain that everybody and their buddy knows you're concealed carrying the first time you go out. And it takes a while to get used to it to the point, you know, where you realize nobody's paying any attention to
0: you. I'll totally agree with that, that um, when I first started carrying, I definitely felt like everybody knew, but The only time I've ever even had anybody notice it was another concealed carry holder that, you know, maybe I printed a little bit or something. And they're like, hey, man, you know, it's kind of like, you know, like we're all part of Big Brotherhood kind of deal. But yeah, I don't even think about it anymore. I don't even think I realize that people notice or not anymore. And I
2: don't know what else we can say about that. So if you want to throw anybody, anybody you want to throw anything in there about the lights. Um, I
3: don't know I don't. talking about weapons mounted. I don't, I'm not a fan. So I don't have a, a lot to say about that. Honestly,
0: I just started looking into that cause I got a Ruger security nine recently and I've, before that, I always just carried revolvers, so there's no light to mount on it. And so I've been kind of looking into that, but you know, there's so damn many lights now that it's a little confusing, I'll be honest.
2: Well, it says CCW lights, so we don't have to restrict it to weapons lights. I am obviously the opposite. Uh, Clover, I like having weapons lights. It doesn't usually exclude any other kind of lights, so I'll have a task light usually. And you know, if I'm going out at night, Specifically, I'll have an actual strong CCW light or whatever also. Uh, I definitely have one of those in a bag nearby usually anytime because that's something you're going to want just to get out of a building that goes dark or bad storm happens or something and all of a sudden what you thought was going to be a nice sunny day turns pretty dark and gloomy. That's when those handheld, um, I should say, like some size of a roll of quarters and bigger, you know, that kind of light is super handy.
0: Yeah, we had a power go out the other day in the school and uh the boys still needed to go to the bathroom when i rigged my uh my ccw light out of my pocket so they could at least still see when they were going in the bathroom
2: well that's us air. so we can go into uh gun shops so i've seen all kinds of cool ones and trying to figure out the best ways to get them up. I've been trying to, maybe if I'm driving for a while, every time I stop, I'll post a new shop on the Instagram. Uh, But at some point, I'm gonna have some time to start putting those things up on the website, and on the the gunstreamer.com and on guntube.org and the other places that host videos. And uh, I'm trying to think of ways to do it in a kind of a uniform way. So if anybody has any ideas there, um, glad to hear them or any things that you might have seen as far as a gun shop review that I might want to uh, steal Elements or you know techniques or anything Always willing to do that But I, uh, really like, uh, uh,
0: I really like some of the videos that where you showed how they different shops Displayed their firearms that there's been a couple recently you've done that you really liked a particular way they displayed it that were different than your average, you know, just a ca- in a case where you have to get down on your belly in order to see the gun on the bottom.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's one of those things that, you know, not every shop probably can because some states have rules, maybe cities, I don't know. But um, not every shop can do some of the stuff. But, yeah, certainly there's been way cooler ways to display them, like you say, in plain old glass cabinets or glass cases where you have to. Yeah, you have to bend over at least to even see a price or something.
0: And, and I was hoping that some of them would watch, you, watch and listen because I'm old fat and with money. Um, I don't want to go down. If the gun's way down there, I'm probably not going to buy it.
2: Yeah, it's like they try to hide it. Let's put the stuff that's competing with everybody else in town and the Internet. And people are only buying these as commodities like, you know, Coleman stove or something, you know, except for even the people that like their fancy ones they still got to only buy the base model they don't care which model 19 you're getting or what's model 72 or 92 you know they just want one to start working on so as long as it's not broken or you know misaligned or something they, they don't need to see that right at the top of the case where the coolest stuff the stuff that makes that shop unique compared to the other shops in town the consignment stuff that brings in more of that crazy stuff you know that stuff should be on the top shelves But, yeah, some of these shops had everything from, like, waist to shoulder, where that's best of both worlds. Seems really smart to me, too, because then you've got that lower place to hold their boxes. A lot of times, shops have to have a whole room in the back, and then their guys are searching all over for half an hour trying to find the right box, when if it's just right below the guns that are in the case, right at waist level. But that doesn't work for every shop, obviously. Maybe it would kind of Turn it into a cavernous shop if it was too narrow anyway so we don't have to come up with ideas tonight i was just going to go back and look through instagram a little bit and i don't know give me a number and we'll go back that many gun shops and just start talking about them
3: seven
2: seven looks like this one and i guess i'll try to screen share here and Everybody will have to see our secrets here. So if we're typing secrets for a minute, and then boom. Is that working? You're seeing the gun shop now?
3: Mm, I don't. Think uh, well, there's a reason I don't. There we go.
2: Now it's locked on for me. Okay. Or at least the, the, the outside world. That right. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So I guess we're starting seven ago. Thanks. Uh, this one's called Rocky Mountain Discount Sports in Riverton, Wyoming. So uh, it's pretty cool. I showed up at like seven-something into this town, and uh, they were still open. Uh, so number one, I wanted to ch- eat, and I wanted to get an idea from somebody who lives there where to eat that wasn't a stupid chain restaurant, right? And that might still be open at this late like, in a little town in Wyoming. So uh, <clears throat> this is on the Wind River Indian Reservation. It's a cool little town. I spent some time there back in the olden days. So uh, it was cool to see a shop that was still open. So I uh, went in, took a look around. I was blown away. It's a huge, huge shop. They got this giant uh, Bigfoot right when you walk in. So Yankee will have to. I should have shown him today. Uh, You got all these mounts everywhere. This gives you an idea of the scale of the shop. Wow. Uh, This half of it was like girl stuff and clothes, right? But this half of it is guns and outfitter gear. So people fish up there, they hunt up there, they snowmobile, so it's way more than just guns. Pretty decent gun selection, though, for a outfitter. Um, some little old stuff like these Frontiers. You don't see those very much. Or wait, Freedom Arms, sorry. You don't see those very much. Um, this gives an idea of the closed section over there, and uh, I'll have a lot more pictures for this one. Anyway, neat little big box store, except in a little tiny town. And feel free to jump in with any of this. We're just kind of going to whip through them or whip through a few of them. Uh, Next up is, uh, oh, uh, uh, this is Wind River Outdoor Companies. This is the next town over Lander. And uh, again, I went to a local place. I actually went to an Ace Hardware first uh, to see if they still had guns, but they just had ammo. And then I asked her where to go find a gun shop that was cool. And she said, oh, you got to check this one out on the top of the hill so that's their gun section it's not the biggest but these again are an outfitter so you know maybe you're some of these people will like just show up and then they buy all their crap like right there um so they had some neat stuff this was their own designs i posted one of those earlier and they got a little bit of everything
3: (laughs) Oh, those shorts that's kind of cool
2: yeah and it's neat to see that they got their own design being made locally and uh They had a couple other things. I just thought that WY was cool.
3: Yeah.
2: The problem is they had it as an embroidered hat, and then they had the silk screen or whatever t-shirts, but then they had a sticker, but they didn't have the patch. So I got some stickers for our Patreons, but no patches. Um, I took a picture of this because I got a whole other story about one time when I was in Lander with a mountain lion, and then they had this cool thing. Did I do the video no but i posted another one where i showed this it's like the whole front of their store as you walk in the double doors are all these old wyoming license plates and that was really cool uh so that's another cool outfitter i guess uh this was i can't i can't say enough this is one of the reasons i like doing this whole thing and i hope i can express how you know i don't think anybody would have thought that we're going to talk about a gun shop that exposes shooting firearms to 2.5 to 3 million people every summer. So I go to Cody, Wyoming for the museum there, which turned out to be a nightmare. And then I met up with the people at the dug up gun museum who are super cool. And uh, they were closed, it was their off season. So I got there and it has a note on the door, closed for the season. I'm like, dang it, you know, I drove all the way up here to see these museums. And the other one was a miserable failure. So I called this place. Actually, before I even went to the other one, and as uh, soon as I saw it, they had that sign, I thought, "Well, I'm gonna call them, right? Big deal on the internet. I can open doors." So I called them and said, "Look, you better open up." And they're like, "Oh shit, the guy's sick, and he's got his, his mom just died, and his dog's ill." I'm like, "I don't care. Open." And they did, right? But anyway, they're like, "Show up at noon," and I'm at the other miserable failure of a museum in town, and. And I got nothing to do because that museum was so horrible. It's like 10 a.m. I got nothing to do. So I start looking for gun shops and I find this place. It's called, uh, what's it called? Cody Firearms Experience or something like that. Yeah, Cody, Cody Firearms Experience. And I never thought about it, but the reason Cody, Wyoming exists is because Bill, Buffalo, Bill Cody wanted it to. And then a million years later, they came out. Well, a couple of years later, they opened up Yellowstone and that's the East Gate of Yellowstone yellowstone's like our number one it was our first and our largest national park so people from all over the world come to look at yellowstone just like the grand canyon and two and a half to three million of those people go through that east gate and live you know hang out in cody wyoming so this gun shop where you can rent firearms is like you could throw a rock over at the east gate so all these people that go by see that billboard shoot guns real ammo real west, indoor range, kids, wildlife and history, book online, flintlock to full auto. I mean, that's two and a half to three million people see that sign. They can tag over here on Google easy enough. There's a sweet band so they know that these are good people and it says shoot guns on there. And you go inside and people from all over the freaking world, they've only been there three years, but people from all over the world already have been there and even more have seen that sign. So I just think, I never even thought about you know, the gun shop could be out there being that kind of an ambassador for the Second Amendment. But all these people, and I didn't even take the uh, the you know the way that the formatting on Instagram is. You couldn't see the South America, but South America looked, you know, somewhere between these two. Tons of pins in there. So that's people that don't have guns in Australia, that can't have guns in China, you know, that used to have guns in Europe and think they're so good. Uh, coming over here and they're shooting everything from lever action guns to full auto super comfortable environment it's brand new and everything's really nice so uh i'm sure everyone has a great experience they talked about i didn't really get a good picture of it but to the left of this kind of area is where the range is over here and the same way that there's these couches over here in the main lobby there's sort of an area where people can stage to go out there or if their friends want to take video of them or something through the glass you know a comfortable place for them to be they had like cowboy hats and chaps and vests and stuff. So these people get all into it and put on all kinds of garb, I guess. And, you know, they have a great time. So uh, they did all that. They have this cool, like, historical display, except that, unlike the museum, you know, you got all this info, which, by the way, is better than the Cody Firearms Museum right now. This display blows the Cody Firearms Museum away. And the thing is, wow. you can point at this in whatever language you come in here with and they put it in your hands for a couple of, you know, dineros and then you're out there shooting and experience what it's like to to shoot the difference between you guys all know you've shot them or at least you know what the from watching what it's like to shoot some kind of flint or matchlock with the delay and all that and the the recoil impulse that's super slow compared to something like a full auto or you know leper action compared to a semi. So uh, I just think that's cool and I never would have thought about you know, that opportunity and that they're doing it and that they're capitalists and they're making money on it. You know, how cool is that? I didn't even get a good picture of, they have an indoor, what do you call it, uh, shooting gallery for like the kids. uh, And they have a tournament. So people in Cody show up and and shoot this tournament just like uh, bowling or something, where they have one of those like, what do you call it, shooting gallery, where you shoot like the ducks that go by and, you know, plates off of the top of stuff but it's the light color where there's no BBs or any kind of projectiles, it's just a beam of light. But still, it's gonna kind of be... Uh, we losing everybody? Let's see, got a couple of people out there. Let's see if anybody's chatting over on the gun channel side. Dano is at the drive-thru, so let's see if it's still working. I guess you're, I'm screen sharing all this, right? now. Yeah, there yeah. we Where's Dano? Just jump in and watch Gun Channels, sleep, and type that in and then went to sleep. <laughs> oh, well, that's the wrong link. This is how Gun Channels works. People that didn't know. We send messages to each other. And if you don't have one, you can just go find one you send to somebody else. And send it to Dano. Oh, closed Danos, of course. And now he's screaming. All right, so that's where we were. Next would be the, oh, I posted this because I got sick of watching selfies last weekend. So I posted 36 gun shops with my vans doing a selfie. That's 36 of them. So then we'll go to the Cody Dug-Up Gun Museum. This place was awesome. Like I say, they were closed for the season or whatever. And I called them and I'm like, is there any way you can open? And I came all the way up here and i'll do anything and then they're like oh yeah no problem so basically they just asked me to show up at noon because they wanted to clean up they said so i don't know maybe they pulled like uh uh what i trying to say like covers over the glass and stuff like that you know stuff didn't get all dusty um but they didn't really you know i didn't i just said hey do you mind i came into town to see this is there any way i can just take a quick peek and they're like yeah come in at noon so we can clean up so, uh, yeah, I went in there. I met him at noon. I had a chance to check out a couple of different gun shops first. So it worked out perfect. And turned out they just literally opened the shop for me. I don't even know who it was. They just, <clears throat> without knowing who I was or anything like that, they just were you know there. So they said, okay, yeah, we'll open it up. But it is a seasonal thing. And uh, it's free, absolutely free. They work on donations. If you like it and you want to leave something, do. There's no recommended number. I saw 20s in there. I saw dollars in there. You it's know, have a big jar sort with a slot at the top and uh, just the coolest place. So I did uh, chat with them. They don't allow pictures, uh, but I was asked if I could get a couple of like general pictures to kind of explain like what we're doing here. And you can see that there's all these little displays and they are kind of in order as you walk through the place uh, and they're labeled. So you have an idea of uh, what kind of era you're looking at. And then <clears throat> it's up. It's the whole upstairs of this building. And this is. and then this is the guard dog so there's no way you can even get in here but uh this is kind of what it looks like and you're gonna each display is chock full like this of all kinds of cool stuff but 99% of it is guns and each of them have little description either where it came from or what's the deal uh the the conditions of it and stuff same thing people come from all over the place to see this it's been there for 15 years and uh, he's been collecting for 30. This is one guy's collection, the owner. And uh, again, to give you an idea of what it looks like. So this place was legit the coolest place. The guy is so awesome. I'm hoping he'll, uh, I don't think they'll ever have the chance to get on gun channels. Uh, He's a pretty active dude, but uh, man, we sat there. I got there at what I said, noon. And then one with a confirmation voting at like 345 Eastern. So we were sitting there for like hours just bullshitting. And then I'm like, oh, well, they're you know, as we're talking, he has a TV on, and they're can you know they're doing the vote for what's his face to be a Supreme Court judge, and uh, I was like, oh, do you mind if I just wait and see the end? He's like, oh yeah, sure. So uh, it was the a great time, uh, definitely worth checking out. I left him twenty bucks. Uh, I don't know. I guess decide what to, to throw him.
4: If you ever uh, thought about uh, maybe at the end of this trip putting something together that would be continuously evolving uh of what i'm gonna call in your opinion the top 20 gun places uh that could be stores but they don't have to be stores in the u.s in your life so far
2: oh yeah that's a cool idea i actually saw a guy i wish i could remember it if you type in firearms museums i bet you'd find
4: it because that's how i found it i think Arms. I mean, there's a lot of cool museums, but there's also a lot of cool stores.
2: I know, but I'm going to show you if I can find this guy. It's like just some guy's name. If I can find it real quick, I'll show you what I was talking about. But when I saw this, I thought to myself, this might be it. This is the way to do the website. So he's got this, right? So you can click on it and whatever. But then if you go down like this a ways, he's got this. And I was thinking about doing something like this for... Uh, but it would work exactly, it would work well for exactly what you're talking about. And then just sort of give them each a rank and then let them uh, get sorted by, you know, whatever they get on their cool factor, on their like right. quantity of stuff and their ability to get to it their how long they've been around or whatever.
4: Yeah, because yeah, if people let's say are going on either a business trip that they have to go on anyway, or they're going on a vacation, they, they can look up gee, this is only 60 miles away, and it's obviously really cool. It's on the list. Yeah, no, that's the whole point too. So it is that does exist on gun uh would it be
2: gunshopreview.com. But mm-hmm. uh it's just been kind of plain vanilla. I'll have a chance to work on that in the future, and that's that's definitely a thing I'll add to it because that does sound kind of cool. All right, so then had some stuff with the scouts there, and decided to go to where I can actually work. So went south, but I continued to post some things. So I forget what number we're on here, but uh, this is a shop that's been around since 1914, and uh, or 1912.
0: It's amazing.
2: But anyway, it's been around for a long, long time, and uh, it's in it's in Salt Lake City. So Salt Lake City is kind of unique. Uh, because of the Mormons and their ten they spend, I guess they don't have a, a, I think they do have a percentage that they spend on prepping. So anyway, they're all about prepping and firearms ownership. This is right downtown, uh, between the downtown center of Salt Lake city and the school, whatever it is, the university or something there. And, uh, so it's kind of been like that artsy, uh, area of town with a lot of bars and, you know, it's all hip and trendy. So they got these cool murals everywhere. And those are local artists that do them, but they're actually themed. So if I get a better picture of the outside, like this is a snout of a little uh, black lab and there's a shotgun sitting here and that's like a Remington themed one. This is gonna be a vortex optics themed one. I think it's in the works of being uh, painted. And he switches them out every so often and stuff. But really the inside of the store is what you go for. Um, It's just huge. And it's kind of not really a maze, but it's not just laid out in a plain old grid. So you really tend to walk around it and experience a variety of stuff. They're like the CZ leader, whatever you call it, like the CZ main dealer in the area. Uh, So they have like the entire lineup, uh, just tons of old consignment stuff, lots of new stuff, and then not, you know, just all different eras. This is just a portion of their ammo section. This is like, you know, waist-high ammo, pallets of ammo all over the place.
4: That is so um, cool so, to see pallets like that. I mean, I'm used to seeing shelves, but to see pallets is just like, oh, my God.
2: Yeah, and this is this doesn't even show you. Like, I'll, I got a video coming where I walked around a little bit, I think, um, reloading set, and that wasn't even the, like, loose box ammo. This is just the pallets of ammo. There's a whole other yeah. section. I don't know if I got a good picture. entire pallet of just one thing. Just one thing. <laughs> like, this is such rows and rows of the box ammo, you know, of all the different fancy kinds. This whole back area is reloading stuff. I think Dead Horse says that this is the best place to buy reloading stuff in town uh, as far as cost. Then they had this, this again, you can't really tell. This is one of like three tables that are all jammed together with pallets of ammo under them, but everything in there was 50% off and, you know, kind of a brood around in the bargain bin type of thing. Uh, This is their, one of their, it's their little dude from the logo uh, doing the, I don't know, some sports thing except with a gun so he gave me one of these hats I'll be giving that out to a patreon cuz I don't wear hats um, We'll do something to uh, Find out who wants that hat the most but anyway super cool gun shop uh, Actually, I'd shown up there the first day. I was in town and I got treated kind of rudely So I was a dick on Instagram and then that worked they went oh what happened? You're a big deal on Instagram. Well, come back come back and I went back so uh, you know, it's nice to have numbers
4: every once in a while because it makes gun shops want to talk to you. It's a good and, sign, and, and, but it's uh, also a bad sign because it what, says, well, what if you're not somebody? How are they going to treat you? Oh, uh, I suppose. But it also learned them a lesson just because some weird, ugly dude comes walking
2: in there all looking like a bum and wants to take pictures of your shop. At least give them a second to figure out what's going on because we're not all fancy. No, nah, it I was it it just, uh, they probably got some bad presses. Oops, I keep looking over here at a reflex. They probably got some bad press. Even though we don't even have cameras on, we'll still like look at each other on the screens because it's habit or whatever for humans. Whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, I think they probably got some bad press. They probably said, don't let people take pictures. And this one guy just basically didn't let me get a word in edgewise. So I kind of figured being a big deal on Instagram and they're on Instagram. I get their word a little faster by being a dick. So I did, and then, as soon as i i mean like thirty six people saw that post,
4: and I deleted it, so it, well, it was an option. being a dick and and s- saying the truth, and if that was the truth, it's not being a dick no, and that's basically what I figured is if if they don't
2: care, then that post will just live there because that's what happened, but it's you know it wasn't the the philosophy of the store, and it wasn't their attitude, it was just um you know an employee didn't happen to do the best job of filtering before he says no. But anyhow, so uh, next up isn't really a gunshot, but we're putting in here anyway. Uh, me and Dead Horse went up to the Browning Museum. I'm not even going to try. I didn't even try to reproduce Dead Horse and Bob's walkthrough from whatever right. two years right. ago. So we just walked up there and took some pictures. I mean, we will somehow, whenever I put all this together, reference that video. We'll have an audio of it. And uh, the actual video with them walking around with the cameras, but you know that was that was amazing but we did get a chance to uh, check out the factories so this is this is the second factory, him and his brothers uh, so we got the van there, putting a selfie there's a the little puppy, dead horses in there too and then uh, this is the third factory, which is a big hotel and uh Got a little plaque in front. That's the hotel right there. So that's his third factory. This is where they started making 1911s already. So this factory is machine guns. And, you know, he invented the machine gun. And he started, you know, doing other types uh, of guns.
4: Can I pause you right there just for a minute? I thought the night, And please correct me if I'm wrong. But I thought the 1911 was one of those that he sold to the U.S. government. He didn't actually make them.
2: You're right. I'm just saying, after he invented the 1911, he's at this level. He's got a giant... This is his factory now. This was his factory after inventing the machine gun. And then the last factory we'll go to is his first factory when he set up shop. He lived in this house. And literally, if I turn to the right, this is the factory. So this was his first factory when he was just building guns and becoming John Browning.
4: And a little factoid that I found out about him on the hour-long History Channel presentation, which is now 10-plus years old probably closer to 20 was how, um, the 1911, the, um, what was it? The machine gun 1913. Is that the first one? I don't know, was then the first one. Was, and then of course there was the M two, which came later on is, is instead of doing, uh, so, so many dollars per, uh, per unit, uh, he sold the rights for a lump sum to the government, uh, which otherwise would have made him a multi multi-millionaire but uh, actually ended up taking uh, a much smaller sum to be uh, the good American that he was. Right on. Garand did the same thing. Garand did the
2: same thing. He gave his patent to the U.S. government so that they wouldn't have to worry about paying him. So that's cool. And again, Browning wasn't a dick, so he probably knew that that would bankrupt the government for no reason. He didn't need the money that bad, and that way the government just had an awesome piece of tech. He's a cool dude. So this is an apartment, a bunch of vagrants live in there. This is an apartment, a bunch of jerks live in there. So now you can live in John Browning's house or his first factory, a bunch of jerks live in them. I don't know who they are, but I'm assuming they're jerks because I don't get to live in there. But this guy did have an American flag in his room, in his window, so that's cool. I wonder if these people know that they live in John Browning's first factory and these people know they live, well, they have to know because that sign right there says, john browning's house
3: is the is the flag displayed properly
2: it's hard to say i don't like seeing it in a window period because it gets faded but when you put it in a window for display from the outside yes If it was displayed for himself no so it depends on how the person had done it and it doesn't matter in real life it's displayed correctly from people on the outside but Whatever his intent was, tells us if it was displayed correctly. They should never display in front of a window. It's not in the code, but it's just a douchebag. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I think it's right there, actually. Boom. There it is. So, man, can you imagine living in John Browning's first factory, and you're just sitting there eating you baked beans or whatever you're eating?
4: As long as they hadn't, like, gutted it and re-drywalled it, I would say yes.
2: Well, I'm sure they did. I'm sure it's if
4: if it's going to look all modern, then it's like, well, then that's not. You took away the greatness. (laughs) I hear you. And then to be like, well, what would happen if I pulled down all this
2: drywall? (laughs) Can I get a discount on there? This would be a big box store called Shields that is in I keep finding new states that it's in. So evidently it's in Utah. I know it's in Nebraska. I think it's also in some other states. (coughs)
1: <coughs>
2: i can't mute sorry what
1: there's one in kansas i've been there
2: oh really does yours also
1: have uh, a ferris wheel yes it does it's cool <coughs> thing. yeah so this thing
2: is a crazy experience i had actually gone this is in fargo right yeah fargo um i went to every other store in town first and i was going to blow it off because it looked like a big box store and i'm not doing the gunchalupal tour to promote big box stores right Right. so um i was at another guy who was super cool man i wish there's a couple of these people that should be on gun channels man they would just be awesome on gun channels and this old guy was awesome and i'm talking to him for like probably an hour and a half and um i should start recording these things except you never know like sometimes you start talking to people and it's just epic And what are you going to do, go back and rewind? Like, damn, I should have turned on the recorder. But if I were to walk into a shop and say, hey, how are you doing? Do you mind if I record what we're saying? (laughs) You know what I mean? That wouldn't exactly flow into the kind of conversations that potentially turn up. Anyhow, so um, uh, I had gone to this guy's shop and he said something about this shop. So I was like intrigued, but also aware that this is basically a pretty big operation, right? So I had no idea how big an operation um these pictures do not do justice there's a lot of guns in this place and i don't know i took these just because it was super interesting that with all the guns that are just out there's there's millions of dollars i'm not even exaggerating millions of dollars of guns out and for some reason these pistols are behind these like super dumb displays with like there's there's that slat stuff on top of this too like there's no way to see these guns
4: anyway is that on the back or the view from the front
2: this so is purples. like an island in the middle of the gun section, so I didn't do a good job because there's no perspective there. One of these other pictures might show more of the gun section. I'll show you what. These were just standalone islands in the middle of the gun section with a bunch of bars on them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all the rest of the guns were just out, right? So here's the whole selection with only a couple of duplicates. No duplicates, just the yellow is a duplicate uh, with the whole section of flavors of those, savages, I think. But this mm-hmm. is another example, like, how big this gun section is, like, This is looking one way and somewhere else I'm looking another way. So these guns had a cage behind them because they're violent, but these guns are just sitting behind glass. So it must not be a lot. These are the expensive guns in like a fancy room. Uh, And then I should say from this angle, the gun section goes from that entire corner over there where there's like gun safes and bags and uh, cases, reloading stuff more reloading stuff, pistols and rifles and guns, and then hunting stuff, shotguns all along the whole back wall, air rifles, archery, and over in here. So it's really a compacted ton of gun stuff in the sort of a quarter of the upstairs. So uh, I don't know, people that have been to it, Gary, is this about the same as a Cabela's, just maybe a little bit smaller building? Or maybe it's, it's hard to say because Cabela's looks like a big fort or whatever, a big log cabin. And this doesn't?
1: Yeah, Cabela's is more spread out. It doesn't have two floors like this, or at least ours doesn't.
2: Oh, really? Most of the Cabela's I've been to are like this. But, see, I didn't walk around all the clothes, so I have no idea what's on the front. Like, how much of this is bicycles or kayaks or running shoes. Like, I went to the gun section and I left. But it seemed like a massive, massive store. And there was definitely... Everything you can think of in sports, I think, like footballs and that kind of crap and, like, shoes. And, and So, like, uh, Cabela's or Bass Pro is going to have, like, a whole section of beef jerky. This one, didn't. And they're going to have, like, they both have camping stoves. I think that was over here. Anyway, really interesting store. Super big. I don't know if I – I must have a picture of the shop here. So, this – and this Ferris wheel is in the middle. This isn't
4: even the Ferris wheel opening. Like, this is a whole different opening. It's it's like a giant square or a giant uh, cross. So so is that just a giant mom-and-pop, or is that a a local chain? Mom-and-pop, but a chain that spreads out. I keep finding more states that it's in, so a very large mom-and-pop. So it's turning into a regional thing. Um, North Dakota, South Dakota, is it
2: Minnesota, maybe? I don't know if it was that far east, but then, yeah, a lot of states, many states. More than regional, even I think. But I don't know. Maybe you could say like West is region, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But a big big time operation, giant stores, from what I understand, lots of purchase power. They sell a lot of guns. While I was there, I mean, how often do I go into gun shops? Pretty often lately. And how often do I see guns getting sold? Like maybe a dozen the whole trip so far. So this was this shop was like two or three people buying guns while I'm walking around. Like there was a lot of guns being sold at this place, uh, and that might be. <clears throat> Go back again. Okay, so I think that's the end. Then we'll end with Dead Horse. Thanks for being a good host. Here's his little puppy. He's got a little tiny puppy, and then well, that's
4: the one that uh, he, he he literally rescued from the jaws of death my dog like, no I mean from from the that dog when he found it was that close to being gone. Yes.
2: That's when he helped mess back to health Definitely sick. And that's the little bed she lives in and the little dress she wears uh, underneath one of his short little dresses <laughs> underneath of the cabinet where he's doing his chatting and reloading and stuff. And then they made me one of these well they had made a set of these purses for their dogs who's gone now. So they gave this one to Mello so now she has little purses. And this is them running around. And, his without dog, his dog. Without <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: and this is his dog jumping like on her back legs up in the air like a monkey in order to give my dog a little kiss. Uh-huh. And the heater he gave me. And these are the various places we went. So yeah, thanks for being a good host. And then driving a couple of hours or maybe hour and a half or something up to the Browning Museum. Was cool because I had driven Salt Lake City before, but not with a guide, right? So now I know a heck of a lot more about what's going on in that area, and uh, definitely looking forward to visiting more. I didn't, I mean, I only looked at a couple of shops this time, and there are a lot of gun shops in Salt Lake City. Yeah.
4: Now, before we leave the subject of this particular gun shop, I, I seem to remember that uh, Bob and and Dead Horse uh, were having a difficult finding one or two of the other buildings when they did theirs 2 years ago or whatever were you able same. to find those
2: yeah same with me in 2010 you know why cuz i'm an idiot and i didn't read so i don't i guess i don't really have pictures of the museum in here but um the museum is not big and it's at the top floor of a uh train station right so i had been looking at the guns on previous visits to the museum and in bob's visit uh last couple years ago um, they were getting a tour. And, you know, when you're having a tour, you are going to go with where the tour guide's at. You're not going to just linger. because That'd be rude. There's only two people in the tour guide, right? You know, It's not that many people. That you're not going to linger on something. Uh, same thing actually happened to us in 2010. Uh, we did get a kind of a tour around the place as well. And uh, anyway, I never really took the time to look at the mural on the wall. The mural on the wall is a timeline starting at the right and going to the left. And it starts with, Jonathan Browning and then John Browning being born, his son being born, and then his grandson being born. And along with those waypoints are here's when he built his first house or whatever. Here's when he built, yeah, here's when he built his first house. Here's when he built his first factory, his second factory, his third factory. And in the paragraph where they talk about here's when he built it, they say here's what the address was then. And it was then change to this address. So the addresses are literally on the mural on the wall of the factory. So when we got done doing some pictures, I literally just put those into my phone and we knew where the first one was because it says Browning Brothers, right? That one is, once you get pointed to the right street, you find it because it says Browning on it still. That's the brown one with the yellow or the, you know, the faded letters. The last is finally, uh, factory is that hotel and you know that one because it's got a, a little monument out front like a sign that says that this is his factory. Um, the house has a monument in front of it that says here's the factory but whenever we were told the first time we were told it was right down the street and I think we've misunderstood that to mean right down the street from the museum when it really meant across the street from the house. So I don't know if I don't know what happened with Bob and Dead Horse because they didn't really do all that stuff live. We just heard it as uh, after the fact. But I know that we were in kind of shooting down the wrong, we were looking at the for the one factory in the wrong place when we went there. But anyway, yeah, this time we were able to just literally Google map them right to the locations and where well, you just saw the pictures. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. yeah, let's do member of the day dead horse. That's a good uh, suggestion. So yeah, dead horse is a pretty good dude. And he always hangs out and for whatever reason he didn't jump in today, because you knew that we were gonna be making him the member of the day and that would've been awkward. But uh, yeah, good dude. That's why we built Gunch House, so People like him and others can hang out It'd be cool. Contribute to the conversation and share their experiences and their, Experience.
4: He has helped me personally in so many different ways from, uh, when I, when I was a brand new newbie, uh, reloader, uh, and I'm still a new reloader, but, uh, you know, getting over that, you know, apprehensive hump start, so to speak, uh, and getting started in that, he helped me a lot. Um, along with Tony from Illinois, he also helped me a lot, but we're talking about dead horse and uh, he also helped me a lot, of, a lot of times with you know just general questions, what I'll call AR platform questions. And a lot of times it was uh, trying to source out uh, parts for whether it be an improvement or I, I, I'm bu- building something and I want to m- maybe get a little bit better fire control group or something like that. Just as an example, uh, he he's he has all sorts of he's, he's through, through purchasing he has lots of it for himself, lots of experience with uh, real world uh, customer service, as well as, you know, the, the sale of the product and the quality of the product of these different vendors out there. And, and he does an outstanding job. And, you know, it's, it's not that he's my only source, but he's one of my go-to sources. And, and and I've uh, uh, really really benefited from knowing him. And uh, it's been a great experience and, and proud to call him part of Gun Channels and a Gun Channels member.
0: Can I piggyback on that one? Um, I would definitely never even considered reloading before I met Dead horse. And I'm going to completely agree Dano, know that there's a million different questions I've asked Deadhorse, horse and he always has the answer. And if he doesn't, he can usually find it. He's made found all kinds of great discounts for me that I didn't even know existed. Um, like he's kind of the, he's the man when, you know, you built gun channels. He's the one that's just out there helping everybody all the time.
2: Oh, he's complaining because he's going to freeze just because I stole his heater or whatever. So uh, I guess he's not going to jump in because he's building his walls. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of neat being able to hang out. I've hanged out in Dano's place now and in Dead Horse's and Smeggy's, Marcos, Pink's. So I've hung out in a couple of places to see what it's like on the other side from when you're chatting with people and it's just like when you meet somebody and you only hear their voice all the time like radio people or politicians or whoever you know that you look different than you expect and it's always interesting to see what it's like his his place seems smaller for some reason no it seemed bigger for some reason it seemed really small when he shows it in the uh you know the creation or whatever but it's super ruby in there there was enough room for three of us to sit in there without any issue at all about crowding in fact we had to like reach across to the ashtray and ship um I don't know if I'm going to do a specific gun shop of the day let me do a specific gun shop of the day so um I posted something I think on the gear channel today with the orange uh clothes and that place is called beaver sport and pawn I think and I'll have to do a specific post but eventually like say I'll figure out a good way to start presenting these gun shops because That's part of the challenge, really. It's not just like a thousand foot. Every gun shop is a thousand foot square uh, storefront, you know, where you can just stand at the doorway and take a nice panoramic shot, and you've got an idea of what how big the store is. All these stores are different. So I'm driving down the road in Utah, and I'm coming up on St. George, Utah, which is the town that's over by Vegas, right before you hit Arizona and uh, you hit uh, Nevada. So it's you know, very far away. And it's the only town down in that part of uh, Utah. So um, no, it's not all the way there yet. It's in the middle of the desert still. So if you're driving through the middle of nowhere towards the middle of the desert so till you get to St. George, which is in the middle of the desert, which is still hours from Vegas. And so, you know, you know, I'm trying to get the idea. It's out in the middle of nowhere, but I guess some people go by because of skiing in Utah or going and gambling in Vegas, or there's probably something with the Mormon beer thing. People who drink beers. Me uh,
4: are you supposed to be presenting anything?
2: No, not really. I don't have okay. Any for this shot. So, um, thanks. But now I'm just chatting. I, I had posted something on Instagram of some of their orange clothing But I'm trying to get the idea that this shop is in the middle of nowhere. And I'm driving even in the middle of nowhere else. And I see a billboard for a gun shop. And I'm like, how cool is that, right? So there's a billboard for a gun shop. And I didn't have a heads up or anything. So it just happened. I couldn't get a good picture of it. But I'm hoping it's on the dash cam. But anyway, big, giant billboard, which costs money. So I'm always encouraged to see something like that. And again, we're talking people going to Vegas to gamble or coming from Utah people coming home from skiing or whatever they do in utah uh sightseeing because of all the fancy deserts that people go check out in utah they probably ride their bicycles all up and down and erode those deserts so um you know you've got all these people that are seeing this billboard and i figure that's what i'm on the road for so i'm going to find this gunshot and it took a little bit of doing you have to get off the highway and drive for a while and then it's in a little town that's sleepy and dying like, unfortunately, a lot of them, a couple of restaurants, one's open and uh, get, not even a gas station. But anyway, there's this two-story place and it's called Beaver Sport and Pond. And I go in there and uh, they got a pistol, giant-ass pistol, just like on Dodge City. Like, real old-fashioned gun hanging out in front of their gun shop. Uh, so you can see it. You know, it's a perpendicular store. You can see it on the street. So right off the bat, I'm like, this is cool, right? This is going to be a good shop. Go in there and it's like... Just like I described, a giant rectangle—you know, thousands of foot, square foot, big rectangle—I walk in. I'm like, "Oh, this is going to be small shop." You know, it's guns on the left, fishing on the right. Dude's cash register on the far end of the store. So, you know, I come in and go about three feet, and I get a "Hello, welcome to the store. How can I help?" kind of thing, and, think, and uh, or more like, "How are you doing today?" By the time I walked over to him, it was "Can I help you?" Then I find out that I'm in the beginning of a zigzag. Like so, I walk in, but then I take a right and I walk right back down to another aisle, and then I take a left, and there's another aisle, right? And there's an upstairs, and there's like a map to the store, like right off the bat. I'm like, all right, this is awesome. They're, they're, they have to put a map up here so that people know where to find everything. So it's like, you know, the, to the left is sporting, is is fishing. And then behind that is safes. And behind that is the pawn shop. And if you go upstairs and then in the back room upstairs and then to the side upstairs. So I took a picture of the map and I asked him if it's, well, I asked him if it's okay to take pictures. I took a picture of the map and I off. I was probably there for a half an hour because I needed a couple of things. And I like to buy stuff from places like this if I'm gonna buy something instead of like a Walmart as an option, right? So I'm snooping around, they got tools. It's not really a pawn shop. I guess it is a pawn shop, but it's more like a secondhand shop, right? But they had everything. They got sports stuff. There's a whole section of military surplus. Hunting, like, both used and new. Um, uh, outfitting, like, boats and tons of fishing stuff. And, uh, you know, there's these reservoirs that make giant rivers and – or, I mean, rivers into giant lakes, you know, throughout the desert. So there's tons of fishing. You wouldn't expect it. Um, I just was blown away. It was a really cool shop. And... uh, uh I ended up getting some orange knives for five bucks for patreon people and uh left a couple of bucks there bought a sd card for my drone and uh yeah just talk to them for a bit I, we have to get too bad ghost isn't on here um one of the things i'd like to do is try to work out something where i can chat with these people right especially somebody like who runs this shop um as i'm I never am in a big hurry, right? I'm here to experience the shop, so I'll usually stand within earshot and, and be nosy about their interaction with customers. Uh, interaction with customers was ex- exactly like you'd expect on like Andy Griffith show or something. You know, it was super cool. Um, the one guy comes in and it's like, ah, oh, can you can you foresight this for me real quick? He's you know kind of jabs jabs the old guy. The old guy's like, yeah, well, you're crooked too, you know, that kind of thing, and. And so they're farting around, but as they're farting around, the old guy also came in to find out how the golf team is doing this year. And if the senior guy is going to, you know, beat somebody in state or something. So they're obviously really into golf. And, uh, you know, most gun shops ain't, well, at least these days, most gun shops aren't supported by themselves. So the guys are usually doing something else. It sounds like this guy's some kind of high school golf coach and, uh, you know, as well as running the store. So it'd be neat, I think it would be cool to hear, you know, uh, maybe uh, Ghost have a chat with this guy and see what they might chat about with, uh, you know, kids and golf and getting into the shooting and that kind of stuff. Anyway, super cool golf uh, gun shop. And uh, it's in the middle of Beaver, Utah. Pretty sure was the name of the town. Or Beaverton or Beaver, I think. Any chance anybody's ever been
4: there? Nope. Nope
0: negative
2: well I took a bunch of video and I'll be posting more but uh yeah that's our gun shop of the day and uh lots more uh, two or so far so stay tuned for that uh, Does anybody else want to throw anything out uh, clover just had an awesome show we we're chatting about a shot show and uh, hopefully encouraging people to uh, consider it the invites are going out mid-october so they've already started and you'll see a bunch of people who've been going to SHOT Show for a long time doing the same thing again. So, uh, you know, if you got sick of that or you just want to see something different happen, then be part of it. It's, what it's all about. Uh, they don't care how big or fancy you are, or what you've already done. If you're interested and you're willing, they're going to probably let you in. And if they won't, you can get it, make it happen anyway. So uh, if you're interested, uh, consider it. Watch Clover's chat. It's an excellent primer. Did we do one with year. We do one last year too, right? We got a couple to watch.
3: We did several last year.
2: Yeah. You know, you guys were getting ready, and some of the other guys needed a little kick in the butt. I'm
3: sure. Uh, I'm sure we'll have some more between now and yeah.
2: And we got one coming up, so we'll be doing something about that. But otherwise, what do you got coming up? You already did your Wednesday show. What do you got coming up Friday?
3: I got um. Can't even remember the guy's name now, but uh, beating Beaching Tactical. And he does uh, some paracord stuff, and um, he does some stuff for, like, uh, for dogs, uh, like dog collars, leashes, different things like that, too, and some, um, I don't know what you would call it, if you would call them, like, molly Molly packs, maybe, or something like that, but little pouches and things of that nature, Uh, a lot of cool little knick-knack stuff. Right on and he also has a channel too it's uh the Preppers bunker outdoors i had to turn around and look at the patch
2: <laughs> uh gary you got anything happening There's a seven sub thing already done
1: that's already done we're on the bigger and better things on our way to 400.
2: 4400
1: 400 on our way there, it's just manner of speaking. I'm at 366 right now, so well maybe yeah, four,
2: four too long. maybe 40, 40, or forty. Wait, you know what I'm saying? Forty four.
4: <laughs> uh Dana, anything? Uh well, I got uh I guess it's now about a month, just two days under a month. We have Wanamaker Maker coming up, and I'm hoping knock on wood that uh, uh, I have enough money to, to make that happen in a go. And uh, that being said, uh, last year I, I had the theme of trying to find at the show as many good, solidly good uh, representations of the uh, deck that you had created of old Western guns, which of course didn't include everything, but it included a lot of things. Uh, and uh, coming up with a the theme for what will be this year's. Because doing that, I kind of prefer the Instagram route because then I can go back after I take pictures. I always take multiples of everything in case something doesn't show up and take my time trying to uh, adjust the, you know, the lighting, the angle, the stuff like that, rather than just push it out. You know, nobody wants to see somebody dump you know, 60 photographs in their inbox over at Instagram all at once. So okay. I'd rather put out, you know, a couple a week and then, you know, and, until you're eventually out. But hopefully that will work out. I'm hoping. Woods, you got anything in the players in the...
0: Um, I guess that pre-teaching, uh, just reminding people, not trying to open a can of worms, but remember to call that uh, number from the link and... Uh, Call the Supreme Court in Ohio and say, hell to the no on that, and make sure that you have an articulable kind of idea to say, like, I'm going to go with Second Amendment is great, but I'm going to go after more of that, uh, that um, uh, due process end of it, because, you know, you're talking to a court, but that's just me.
2: Right on. Yeah. Well, like they say, you have a couple of bullet points there, and majority of well, the last few are all about procedural and, and the way our government works,
4: yeah, so... For those of us that are late to the show, and I'm one of them, could you give me like a 20-second summary of, of that?
2: Uh, Pink had posted something that only came to light on the 8th from the Buckeye Firearms uh, Association, which is the gun owners' rights group from uh, Ohio. And tomorrow, the 13th, uh, yeah, tomorrow the 13th, the 12th, excuse me, tomorrow, the Friday the 12th, is the last day to take public comment. The Supreme Court of Ohio has decided to tell law enforcement that uh, when someone has a uh, civil protection order put against them, that they are now, the police are required to have that person who the court order is focused on. They need to surrender their firearms and ammunition and concealed carry permit to law enforcement. And if they don't reclaim their firearms, their property within 30 days, it's forfeited and destroyed. And there's no process and there's no like procedure in any of this to what to do to get your stuff back, except that there is this 30 days later, your stuff will be destroyed. And, uh, basically it's a plea from that Buckeye firearms association to contact the Supreme court of Ohio and let them know that not only is the second amendment, you know, the undo, um, well, basically the, what is it? the, they're not going with the um, what's the procedure word for the procedure? They're not going to uh, due process, uh, but also they're claiming property, they're stealing property. so uh, to and then also, it's the Supreme Court creating law. You know? so it's basically uh, an urge, uh, a plea to contact the Ohio Supreme Court before this uh, comment window closes. Uh, Because they have to, you know, they're required in the process to uh, act according to what the uh, feedback is. So, if enough feedback comes in that says end this, we assume that they would have to end it. Uh, So, it's a kind of late call to action for just the people in Ohio. We'll also add uh, Yankee and Sporting Systems up in Washington are doing a tremendous effort uh, about the crazy infringement they've got going on up there where. Uh, all gun owners uh, basically, all gun owners would have to um, basically, what is it, have to be considered uh, potentially, mentally un- unhealthy or whatever. It's a crazy law that they're creating up there that would encompass basically all firearms owners. So uh, you get more information on that at Sporting Systems on Instagram or probably other social media platforms out there. All right, thank you. Also, um, we're gonna these days, we'll have to have a chat. I uh, went out to dinner with the gun streamer people, uh, real good people, lots of cool stuff happening and can't encourage anyone enough. Uh, We have to use YouTube for now, but that will not always be the case. Get comfortable with as many other platforms as are out there. Um, I encourage you to use the platforms where we know the actual people who are creating them and running them and developing them. They're doing that with our input. They're doing that to create platforms that allow us to do the things that we'd like to do so that we don't have to be confined to what YouTube allows us to do. And the more that we continue to use the outdated, bloated shitty platforms that hate guns means they hate us. Then we're not doing anybody a favor. So Gunstreamer is three people, uh, Austin, Paul, and Ashley, who are putting in the effort. They're literally putting their, their heart and souls into this, and they're listening to feedback, and they're developing the future there. So uh, you know, use these things that we have available to us, but also remember that part of that is, is using the new stuff that's out there and uh, doing it with some intent can't recommend enough how awesome a job they're going to be doing here as they develop it and uh, go forward. And uh, of course, Night Strike is over there with guntube.org at a different pace, but still with excellent intent. And uh, we'll continue to watch as these platforms grow and develop. But uh, I just want to throw that out there. that Hopefully, we'll have a chat again with these guys live so we can talk about some of the stuff they got going on. And we'll start seeing some of that implemented later Mm -hmm. later, it sounds like. All right, well, with that, I'll say thanks again to the people on Patreon who support what we're doing here. They keep our stuff online, they keep me on the road, and uh, we've been uh, collecting lots of interesting stories from these gun shops, and we'll be offering
0: towards uh, sharing that with everybody in new and interesting ways. Thanks for watching.